0: Hi, it's October 2nd, 2009. You're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. I'm Larry. It's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. everybody Larry and I are here in Dallas and it finally feels like fall it is the first day that the temperature has stayed
1: below 80 degrees I know it was fantastic this morning I walked outside to water the dogs well not you know water the dogs but give them water this morning and it felt great outside and I thought I can go outside today and not sweat this is wonderful yay well in, in Texas
0: we don't have seasons right. so even though we are minus fall color and minus any snow or Anything. Yeah, this is
1: as close as we're going to get. Yes. But it feels great outside. Yes, it does. Not that we're actually outside doing anything, because we're inside at the cocktail lounge at HPD Architecture, and this is actually the inaugural podcast of the Architecture Happy Hour. For today's podcast, we'd like to talk about the five
0: things we think you should know before you hire an architect. But before we get started, we'd like to give you a little background about who we are, what we do, and where we hope to take you with the Architecture Happy Hour.
1: We are an architecture and interior design firm here in Dallas, and we focus on residential and commercial architecture. And having been students and architects, and after working with numerous clients, we thought it would be nice to contribute some real-life experiences to topics that, you know, if you're a student, an architect, or a client, maybe you can apply those to whatever project it is that you have going on. And of course, since we tend to focus on residential projects, most of what we're going to be offering advice-wise, is based on our residential experience, and there are a whole different side to commercial architecture, and I would imagine we might get into one or two things as we grow the podcast and as we continue to do these, but for right now, bear in mind most of what we're going to tell you is really about residential. Right. So all that being said, we're going to dive off into the podcast, and it's the five things that we think you should know before you hire an architect.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, first on the list, we'd like you to define your style. And although you may already have a sense of what you think your style is, um, you may actually be surprised when you start collecting images and materials and objects uh, here and there. It may actually define or reveal a style that you may not know really appealed to you. Um, If you see a piece of stone or wood or tile that you really like, go ahead and grab that, set it aside, because that can really help an architect discover where you're wanting to go with the design of the house or whatever the remodel
1: is yeah just bring the bucket in and <laughs> with all your stuff in it <laughs> and right. and don't be embarrassed about bringing in something that you you know pulled from something you wouldn't normally consider an architecture source you're standing in line at target mm-hmm. and there's all the magazines at the checkout stand and oh look it's better homes and garden and they've got something great on the cover that just really clicks for you grab it Tear it out. Bring the image with you because at the end of the day, it's going to help your architect better understand what you're going to want the end result to be. Exactly. And for example,
0: there's the that Kohler commercial where the couple brings the faucet in and asks the architect to design a house based on the faucet. That actually can happen.
1: Yeah. Not that we're really excited necessarily about doing it that way, but yeah, that that can happen. It's a starting point, right? Right.
0: And in the same context, look around your current home. If you are living in a very traditional home with ornate moldings and uh, small divided light windows and very intricate details, but you just bought a whole new living room set that's more contemporary, um, that might give you a clue into maybe that your style is transitioning.
1: Right. And there is a a style that is referred to as transitional. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we've gone into homes before and taken very traditional homes and sort of cleaned them up so that you have a... um, Still have that feel, but it's a slightly cleaner look.
0: Right, and actually very eclectic design is pretty popular right now. Right. You'll see a lot of that in the high-end magazines and that sort of thing.
1: Right, and as you're defining that style and, you know, you've been collecting all of these materials necessary to convey what you think your you know, new home's going to be or what the remodel's going to come out looking like, you're probably going to be working on what's our second topic, which is defining the scope of your project.
0: Yeah. This means what is your ultimate goal for the end of the project? Uh, Are you looking for a new master bathroom? And does that actually mean including new master closets as well? It's really important that you sit down and really decide what you want to do.
1: And it's important that you do that ahead of time because one of the easiest problems to have happen during the course of a project is what we refer to as project creep. And that is where you're Talking with an architect about what you want to have done, but you don't have a real clear picture yet, and suddenly over the course of a few meetings, your project has suddenly grown into something that you never imagined it would be, and maybe isn't taking you the direction it needs to go.
0: Yeah, Larry, did you see that Brady Bunch episode where Mike and Carol are have really simple intentions to put up new wallpaper in the master bedroom, and and of course just selecting the wallpaper is an ordeal in itself, but then once they finally decide on it it means a new bedspread and new curtains and oh yeah probably might as well do new carpet so mike says "Eh, now time out we're painting yes (laughs) And, and,
1: and of course mike being being an architect on the show just sort of i don't know lends itself to all that i guess i i don't know but the thing that i keep thinking of is we had a project where we had a client who decided they needed a big i guess kind of party room on the back of the house and over the course of I don't know, probably three or four months in working with a client realized that they really just needed a new house, and when it was all said and done, their old house came down and a new house went up. So oh, that's sort of the yeah. the extreme version of Project Scope creep, but it can happen.
0: Well, and ultimately, they got a great project out of it, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the house works for them. Yeah. It's perfect for what they want to do, but, you know... Be aware of those things because suddenly your little bathroom remodel can become quite the ordeal.
0: <laughs> a, a bathroom worthy of magazine yes. yeah, photoshoots, yes. exactly. right? exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: which is not a bad thing, but yeah, you may not have <laughs> intended going there when you got started. Right. Uh, also be aware as you're defining the project scope, what your future needs may be as well. We were talking about project creep as far as size, maybe but also think about where your needs are going to go in the future like for example if um, if you're planning on being in this house for the next 20 or 30 years the actual value of the project may not be as critical as making sure that it's really comfortable and it functions really well for you um, versus if you are doing an improvement in order you know purely for resale
1: right right and when you're thinking about your project scope also think about you know um. what I wanting to do really is going to be, uh, you're adding extra space to your home, for example. And is that really going to be something that, you know, two years down the road when the kids will go off to college is going to be important for you? You know, mm-hmm. you may suddenly find yourself that, you know, you're living in a house that's twice the size it needs to be just because you thought, oh, well, we're doing this project, I'm feeling a little cramped, let's, you know add a room or let's combine a couple of spaces and suddenly you're in a house that just doesn't work for you anymore. So it's really important to think about, you know, when you go into the office, you know, what is my project scope? And knowing that when you go into into that office, you know, this is what you really want to do and making sure your architect understands that.
0: Yeah, that really helps. Um, the other side of defining your scope is our third point, which is define the context of your project. And what we'd like to have you do is to step out your front door and just have a look around your neighborhood. What you want to do does what you want to do, fit within the value not just of your house but of the houses around you.
1: Right, and the easiest thing that you can really do is sit down and talk with a realtor that's familiar with your neighborhood and find out what the comparable pricing is and see what the features are that are selling in your neighborhood. You don't want to necessarily make your home the most expensive. But you also yeah, – I guess it comes back to, you know, is it comfortable for you or are you doing this to improve the value of the home? And, you know, talking with a realtor is going to give you a good sense of that.
0: Yeah, and, you know, one of the fun things you can do if you're just messing around on the Internet is you can actually check out the appraised value of your house and of the houses in your neighborhood and of the houses, you know, halfway across town for that matter. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. Any, but
1: anyone, Yes, basically. Yes, but, 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 but for
0: the purpose of this illustration, the – appraised value of your house which means the tax roll value that the county has assessed right? Right. That um, if you can figure out what that value is that might give you an idea how much room you have to add to that value before you start pricing yourself out of the neighborhood yeah. so compare your value to your neighbor's and down the street.
1: But but understand thing. at the same time that you know the, the appraisal district has a formula set up for appraising the value of your house and it may not necessarily yeah. reflect what the real value in your neighborhood is. So that's just kind of a starting point but you know there are other people to talk to and you know check with the realtor and um, hopefully that's going to be you know just sort of a secondary tool for you or just as a quick reference to get you started.
0: Yeah it's just another layer to add on so that you've got all the information. Also consider whether this project is just for you or if it's an investment in the overall value. Um, Some of our clients pursue projects based on making themselves comfortable, like we mentioned before. but um, And at that point, they may not worry about adding value. They, the value that's added is for them, and that's what matters at, right at the time. And um, This may be the last place you live, and it's important for that house to really work for you the
1: way you live. Right. And regardless of whether it's an investment for you or just for your own comfort, the fourth item that you'll want to address before you go meet with an architect is defining your project budget and when we say project budget, we're not just talking about money, which is also you know, very important, but there's the matter of time. Yeah,
0: especially when we're talking about a house. Not, not, I mean, it matters when you're talking about an office, but a house especially. I mean, this is your life. This is your day-to-day. Get up in the morning and go to bed at night, and you need to be clear of what your limitations are. If you have any potential conflicts coming up on the horizon, either events going on in your life, or your kids, or your family, um, or even if you promise to, say for example, host your sister's bridal shower. If, you, if she's uh, needing a shower in June, and you've got to redo your kitchen, you probably don't want to start ripping up your kitchen, you know, in the spring. That's not gonna work so well. So be really, uh, just have a good grasp of, of what your calendar allows, and. And uh,
1: and don't ever assume that you're going to be in your home in time for Christmas or Thanksgiving. We've had numerous clients that, well, we want to have Thanksgiving. We want to have the Christmas tree up and bust our little hearts. um, (laughs) I don't know that I've ever, ever seen it actually happen. And mostly with a new house, too, it's problematic. But really when you're doing a renovation, it can get to be a big problem. Because you never know what you're going to have underneath layers of sheetrock and paneling and paint and flooring. I've had a very odd flooring experience and discovered that there was a garage slab underneath it. But, you know, that kind of stuff adds time, and you need to be thinking about that when you're you're sitting down and getting ready to do your project.
0: Right. And it's, you know, everybody has good intentions, but it may just be that um, getting the permit was delayed because of something you can't control at the city or... If you are really set on a certain tile but it's been caught in customs because it's coming from Italy Mm -hmm. or you know there are just so many unknowns. So just be flexible, be reasonable and um, when you're thinking about time you also might want to consider the possibility that um, you may need to factor in time for moving out and moving back into your home. If the project is small enough and you don't mind construction dust, which by the way will get everywhere. Uh, You can stay in your home, but just know that that may mean that you're cooking in the microwave or on the grill and washing your dishes in the bathtub.
1: And speaking as someone who has actually done that, (laughs) it was okay, I guess, for three months, but I can't imagine for any extended period of time, really, trying to live that way. So, you know, when you factor all this stuff into your schedule, you know, think about, okay, I really might, you know, need to be moving out of the house, and it's a real possibility, and it's also something you're going to want to factor into your budget because you're going to need to know where you're going to live and what it's going to cost you as well as, you know, not just construction costs, but the cost to actually move in and out of the house and finding a new place to stay. But, you know, it's important to work with those, you know, all, work through all that so when you sit down with your architect, you can present him with a real budget.
0: Right. First off, let's address the idea that there is no such thing as an unlimited budget.
1: No unlimited budget.
0: <laughs> Do we need to say that again? No unlimited, unlimited budget. budget. No matter what grandma has promised you, no matter what, how many lottery tickets you buy, there is no unlimited budget. Everybody has a breaking point, And no matter what they might say, uh, you need to define for your project what that breaking point is. Um, everyone reaches a point where they say, Too much, stop, time out, and they start looking for ways to cut costs. Yep. And the further you get into the project, the harder and more difficult and actually costly that can be because then you're talking about changing drawings and you know, pricing out new materials and new plumbing fixtures and, and suddenly new architecture
1: whatever. fees and consultant fees and right. suddenly you've spent your your budget on actually you know, yeah. having the drawings done.
0: Yeah, well, and there's a reason why in the very first meetings, early design meetings, that's part of the discussion. So yeah. that we don't point you in a direction that's not where you can go, and, and same, you know, with you. So. Yeah.
1: And when you're doing your budget, you're going to want to also factor in, you know, not just your construction costs, but, you know... What are my architect and consultant fees? Am I including furnishings in my budget? Is it draperies? There's a lot of items that can suddenly add up to a very unexpected cost if you haven't you know, planned for that. And it can also have you know an impact on your project scope.
0: It's also helpful to know who's making the final decisions on money. Which brings us to the last thing we think you should know. Who is your project team?
1: The biggest potential disaster in any project is, well, I hate to say disaster. Disaster is not a good word.
0: No, it just complicates things. Right, it
1: complicates things. And the challenge is, you know, as an architect, are you dealing with one person? Are you dealing with a person and their spouse? Are you dealing with a person and the spouse and their mother-in-law? You just don't know and it can get very complicated sitting in front of a client and having a discussion with them and not know that in the background there's all these other little bits of input about how we think you should do your home and you know what we think is going to look best, and if you're not set on, it's my decision, this is going to become a very long, drawn-out process and probably potentially cost you more money than you had originally planned.
0: Yeah, communication is key through this whole process, but especially in this project team issue that... Um, oftentimes the person who's really interested in the design and the outcome of the project is not necessarily the person who's signing the check. And if those two people don't talk, then
1: someone gets very surprised you can and we
0: have in the past had big issues. And um, somebody always ends up with their feelings hurt and it's not a good place to go. So think about who's going to be involved, whose opinions you're going to be looking to and valuing and, and who maybe you just need to take with a grain of salt and and not let them enter.
1: Yes, nod yeah. politely, and move on. And it's it's sort of what we were discussing earlier. It's that notion of it's like when you're raising a child, not yeah. that I have children, but you know.
0: Yes, everybody has their you know best intentions for you. They want to see the best outcome, you know, for anything. But in
1: okay, but at, the, but at the end of the day, it can be very detrimental to the project if you right. don't have a very clear picture. Of really who's in charge so be up front with the architect tell them you know these, this is my team these are the people who are involved and these are the people who are making decisions and it may be that it's just I'm the one making decisions which would be great but you know let the architect know that there may be some other input because it's going to impact how well the project actually goes you know down the road and where you actually end up.
0: Right exactly And I think that brings us to the end of the five things we think you should know before you hire an architect. To quickly recap, those five things are, uh, figure out what your style is, um, then next define your project scope, and after that, let's define the project context. Um, And of course, we probably can put this first, last, and in the middle, but the fourth one is define your budget, because we're talking about time and money, and it affects all aspects of the project. And lastly, define your project team so we know who's
1: who's in charge. Yeah. And of course there are additional things that we could add to this and other architects are gonna have, you know, varying ideas, but for us these are the things that we felt were important and we could probably go on for another half an hour, but our glasses are empty and it's the end of the day and happy hours coming to a close. So it's gonna be time for us to say goodbye. But if you'd like some more information, you can always check out our website at www.hpdarch.com we're also on facebook twitter and linkedin so look for us there and you can also check out the american institute of architects website they are at www.aia.org
0: yeah they have great resources for architects and, as well as the customer, the clients and so. they can
1: they can actually help you find an architect in your area yeah. if you're not familiar with someone or don't don't have a a friend that can recommend someone to you and better than just opening up the yellow pages. And one last thing before we leave, we did want to give a special mention to our friend and podcast goddess, candy samples in New York. Yeah. She's been very, very helpful in getting us started on the architecture happy hour. You can download her podcast, the candy show for free from, from iTunes or visit her website at www.samplemycandy.com.
0: Yes. Thank you, Candy. We appreciate your help.
1: Very, very much.
0: And uh, so I think that about wraps it up. Yes, it does. From the Cocktail Lounge at HPD Architecture.
1: Also known as the giant table in the (laughs) middle of our office. (laughs) We're glad you joined us.
0: This is Laura.
1: And this is Larry. And we'll talk to you next time.
0: Bye-bye.